Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. This week, we continue our discussion on the biggest issues affecting businesses and organizations around the globe, which really focuses on the spread of COVID-19. And along with bringing you updates and critical events happening in these countries, we're always fortunate to bring our local ELA lawyers into the conversation. They're practicing on the ground in these jurisdictions, helping their clients move through these difficult times. Since the outbreak began, we've been getting updates from ELA colleagues all across the globe, initially from China, then Italy, Korea, all across Asia, Europe, Latin America, and now here in the U.S. Today, we're going back to Europe to check in with our member firm in Belgium, Lydian. And joining us on the call is Kato Ertz, who's counsel from Lydian in Belgium. And she's going to shed some light on how business has been impacted in that country, what recent legislation and government directives they have, and overall how things are going in that country. Kato, welcome back to the program. I hope you and your family are well. Thank you, Pete. Hi. Yes, we are doing very well. Thank you. So what's currently going on in Belgium? Fill us in. Well, in Belgium, we have had the first registered case of COVID-19 at the beginning of February. And then since then, of course, things started to evolve rapidly. In an attempt to curb the spread of the virus, the Belgian government imposed a semi-lockdown as of the 13th of March. And the semi-lockdown was first imposed until the beginning of April, was then extended until mid-April, and was finally imposed until the start of May. So now we are slowly seeing that the curve is flattening and that the measures imposed by the government and that the continued joint efforts of the population are starting to pay off. We are thinking of slowly phasing out of the semi-lockdown and the government has come up with an exit strategy recently. So what is a semi-lockdown? I've heard of lockdown, I've heard of no lockdown, but fill us in on what semi-lockdown means and how is it impacting business operations? Well, the semi-lockdown, as opposed to a total lockdown, means that the measures taken in Belgium are generally less strict than in other countries such as Italy, Spain, and France. People can leave their homes, are free to go to work if they can, and there is no general obligation to justify being outside of your home, by means of a certificate, for instance, as is the case in France. But at the same time, many companies have provided their employees with a certificate nonetheless, to confirm their presence at work is required, just to be safe in case the police would stop them and ask them to justify walking around. The government measures in the framework of the semi-lockdown result in a ban on non-essential travel and compulsory closure of non-essential businesses. Bars and restaurants are closed, shops other than food and other essential shops such as pharmacies are closed, schools are closed, and it is generally not allowed to sit in parks or gather with people other than your family members with whom you share a home. Sporting outside, such as cycling or taking a walk, are permitted, and people are encouraged to stay within their own neighborhood. Day trips to the seaside or other touristic areas are prohibited. And in summary, for businesses, a difference must be made between so-called essential and non-essential sectors. In essential sectors, working from home is mandatory for all jobs that allow working from home. And for other cases, social distancing must be guaranteed. The social distance has been defined as a distance of at least one and a half meter between each individual. It is not possible to work from home or if the rules on social distancing cannot be guaranteed to be complied with, non-essential companies must close. Companies in essential sectors, on the other hand, can continue to work and provide services to serve the vital interests of the nation and the needs of the Belgian population. But even there, teleworking has become the new normal and social distancing is mandatory insofar possible. And in addition, obviously, employers must ensure to take the necessary sanitary measures to prevent the spread of the virus by providing alcohol-based hand sanitizers, ensuring sufficient ventilation, etc. 
you mentioned this exit strategy, and I know a lot of the world is starting to come back to work, and there's lots of different aspects of what an exit strategy is. So what does this strategy look like in Belgium? Well, as of the 4th of May, Belgium will be gradually phasing out of the semi-lockdown in three steps, basically. And the government announced this exit strategy on the 24th of April. The first stage of the first phase will be starting on May 4th, as I said. And during this phase, working from home remains the rule. Companies in non-essential sectors, however, may reopen, although they must guarantee strict compliance with the safety regulations. To this end, a generic guide for employers was issued on the 23rd of April. And basically, this guide is a 50-page document containing guidelines on how to reopen businesses in a safe way. And is subject, of course, to amendments from time to time, depending on the progressive insight of experts. Important to note is that fabric shops, for instance, may reopen as they are considered to play an important role in the make of mouth masks. And the use of mouth masks will be mandatory for all people over 12 years old in public transportation, schools as soon as they reopen, or whenever the rules on social distancing cannot be guaranteed. And then in the second stage of the first phase, which will be starting on the 11th of May, all shops can reopen, but this is subject to strict conditions. For instance, regarding the organization of the work, receiving clients, and avoiding hustle and bustle in shops. The reopening should be done in consultation with social partners and sector-level bodies. Contact professions, such as hairdressers, are not yet permitted during this stage, and contact tracing, which basically means identifying people who have come into contact with an infected person, will play an important role. But the practicalities are still being looked at. And then the second phase will be starting on the 18th of May. And during this phase, primary and secondary schools will partially reopen. It will then also be evaluated whether contact professions, such as the hairdressers, can restart, and whether, for instance, museums can reopen as well. And then the third and final phase will start on the 8th of June at the earliest, and it will then be evaluated whether it is possible to gradually reopen restaurants and bars as well. It will also be assessed whether non-essential travel and smaller events can take place. But the government confirmed that this exit strategy is dependent on a positive evolution, meaning that the number of new COVID-19 patients admitted to hospitals should continue to decrease. If at any moment in time this is not the case, the phasing out can be put on hold or more stringent measures can again be imposed. And in any event, all mass events are cancelled until the 31st of August 2020. That means, for instance, the big summer festivals will not take place in Belgium. Well, let's talk about from a legal perspective. Um, it sounds like a lot of planning going on, but has there been any significant changes in Belgian employment law? Has it gotten more flexible, for example, or what's going on there? Yeah, there are some changes. I mean, recent events have indeed changed some aspects of Belgian employment law. For instance, the new term telehomework has been introduced. Under Belgian law, telework and homework are two different concepts and they existed already, but not a combination of both. So we have therefore assessed that the rules that exist already under Belgian law on telework and homework do not apply. And we have recommended employers to issue some guidelines in terms of employees' rights and obligations when working from home during the pandemic. The government has also allowed to pay temporary cost reimbursement free of taxes of around 129 euros per month to employees working from home. Additionally, the voluntary overtime, which is set at a maximum of 100 hours per year, is increased to 220 voluntary overtime hours per year in essential companies. And this is to ensure that they have enough personnel to cope with the crisis. These additional hours are to be performed between the 1st of April and the 30th of June. The government has also agreed to increase the possibilities to renew fixed-term employment contracts, provided certain conditions are met. 
Under Belgian law, in general, it is not possible to conclude more than four successive fixed-term contracts, each of which should have a minimum duration of three months and a total may not exceed two years. If these rules are not complied with, the parties are deemed to have entered into an open-ended contract, and these rules would now temporarily become more flexible, but this has not been implemented as such just yet. And since schools are now closed and many parents are working from home with young children, voices are being raised and there is a political agreement to implement a form of corona leave for parents with children under the age of 12. The idea would be to take this leave in the form of a decrease in working hours between the 1st of May and the 30th of June in agreement with the employer. Only employees with a minimum seniority of one month would be eligible, but the system again has also not been implemented just yet. And then lastly, an important measure that has been taken is to suspend the social elections. In Belgium, companies employing on average over 50 employees must organize so-called social elections to elect the employees who will represent the workforce in the employee consultative bodies. These elections take place every four years and were planned in May of this year. Due to the outbreak, the elections and the formalistic procedure preceding the elections have now been postponed to the fall of 2020. So let's talk about the job loss globally. And again, here in the U.S., many, many people are out of work. Companies have laid them off. They're on unemployment. In Belgium, can employers temporarily lay off employees? Well, yes, although it's not called temporarily layoff. It's called the system of temporary unemployment. And during that period, employees and employers remain bound by the existing employment contract in place. Unlike what is the case in many other countries surrounding us, the support measure existed already prior to the crisis. So under Belgian law, employment contracts can be temporarily suspended due to economic reasons or due to act of God scenarios, whereby the employer is exempt from paying the employee's salary while they are unable to work on the one hand, and employees are eligible for unemployment benefits paid by the state on the other. To make use of the support measures, a specific process had to be completed, and now that existing process has been simplified significantly. To make it more easily accessible during the crisis and to avoid too big of an administrative burden. During a specific time frame, currently until the 31st of May, the government recognizes all temporary unemployment situations due to COVID-19 as an act of God scenario. There are almost no formalities to be complied with and the ones that remain can be applied retroactively as of the 13th of March and can easily be dealt with by the company's payroll agency. The state benefits the employees receive amount to 70% of a capped salary of around 2,700 euros, with an additional supplement of 5.63 euros per day, both of which are funded by the National Employment Office. In some sectors, a top-up is payable by the employer as well. And as you can see, this means that a lot of money has been put on the table. Currently, more than 1.3 million employees are making use of the support measure. In March alone, a rough estimate of 400 million euros were paid into this system, and it is expected that the cost of this support measure will be as much as 1 billion euros with the month of April combined. It is currently unclear whether the support measure will be extended beyond the 31st of March, and if any transitionary measures to the already existing schemes will be taken. And at the same time, there is no ban on dismissal or collective layoffs. These remain possible, but the statutory rules in this respect must be followed. Under Belgian law, employment contracts can be terminated by serving notice or paying in lieu of notice. The length of the notice period is determined by law and increases depending on the seniority of the employee. These rules remain unchanged and must be complied with. There is no legal possibility to deviate from the rules because of COVID-19. So Kato, it sounds like there's certainly some supplements for employees and individuals and lots of relief there, but has there been any fiscal relief measures adopted for companies? Yes, definitely. Apart from the support measure of temporary unemployment, 
measures have been taken both on federal and regional levels. These support measures are, of course, intended to give companies temporary financial relief and consist mostly of postponement of payment obligations for taxes and social security contributions. Companies can also agree to a repayment plan to be allowed to repay debts through installments, or they can postpone repayment of loans they took out until the end of September 2020. Recently, a royal decree was adopted to temporarily prevent companies from being declared bankrupt and to automatically protect them against seizure by their creditors. And in Flanders, finally, for instance, companies that were subject to mandatory closing are eligible to receive a premium of 4,000 euros added with 160 euros additional per normal activity day the company had to close after the 5th of April. So what about things you've noticed in terms of technology and how people are coping with the process? You know, have you noticed an increase in technological process? And how are the courts dealing with this? And are there other delays or things like that that might be impacting the timing on litigation? Well, it goes without saying that employers now have to consider new ways of organizing work and the social dialogue, for instance, through more digital meetings. And long before the crisis, our firm was ready to work remote, and many of our clients are doing the same thing. But it is equally fair to say that society as a whole has made more progress in the past six weeks than it did in the past six years. We are all shopping online, and now also smaller businesses have to resort to this solution. Companies are finding that working from home and video conferencing do work and are considering to continue this, at least partially, after COVID-19 has left Belgian territory. Also, courts are adapting fairly quickly to the system and the new way of working. To avoid unnecessary delays, matters are taken into consideration without oral pleadings unless the parties object. And if they do object, the matter can be pleaded virtually through video conferencing or will be postponed to a later hearing after the crisis. Certain deadlines, such as deadlines to deposit briefs or the statutory time limits expiring during the crisis, are extended. So ultimately, there is an unavoidable delay, but technology is definitely being used to limit this as much as possible. So now that working from home seems to be normal or the temporary normal, and it seems to be working well within the borders of Belgium, but let's talk about some of the cross-border relationships. Has there been any impact on how you're working cross-border in Belgium? Well, a significant number of employees carry out their professional activities across the territory of one or more member states of the European Union while residing in another. And since these employees are now mandatorily working from home and borders are partially closed, this might impact the applicable rights and obligations in terms of social security if the normal rules would continue to apply. So for cross-border employment within the EU, there is a social security regulation coordinating the member states' social security laws to avoid conflicts of law. And for each scenario involving intra-EU cross-border employment, the regulation contains a set of rules designating the applicable social security laws. In principle, the applicable social security laws are the laws of the land where the employee carries out their work, the so-called work-state principle, subject to limited exceptions. And as a consequence, for employees active outside their country of residence, the temporarily imposed telehomework could lead to a change in the applicable social security laws. Any such change in applicable social security laws solely on the basis of the temporary government measures would cause, of course, an adverse effect on the carefully designed coordination of social security systems in Europe and is therefore highly undesirable. On this basis, the competent Belgian ministers have decided that the periods of telehomework performed on Belgian territory by cross-border workers due to the temporary measures to combat further outbreak of the virus will not be taken into account for the purpose of determining the applicable social security laws. And as a consequence, the employee's temporarily increased or decreased presence on Belgian territory will not impact the affiliation with the social security system 
as designated by the regulation for the employee's normal working pattern. Well, that's quite an update, Kato. We really appreciate your giving us the insight on what's happening in Belgium and hopefully all continues to move in the right direction there. And I'm hoping you and your family are tucked in safe and sound and everyone as well. I hope so, right? We are. We are. Thank you, Peter. And I do hope that the situation is phasing out of the semi-lockdown because I think we are all keen to see each other again and to have some social contact. Well, thanks so much for your update. And we'll be back to you soon with another update. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Bye. If you'd like to connect with Kato from Lydian, our member firm in Belgium, or any of our lawyers around the world, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law. Just go to the big Find a Lawyer widget in the center of the page, click on the drop-down box, choose the jurisdiction you're interested in, reach out to our lawyers directly by email or phone. Also, when you're there, make sure you sign up to get access to our on-demand content, download white papers, and get access to the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.